2: Whether you consider yourself a casual player, a diehard gamer, or indeed a critic, it should be obvious whether a game qualifies as being good or bad. But the problem is, is that that is very subjective, and a lot of people have very, very different opinions, especially when they're covering games that you can only describe as being Marmite, okay? You either love them, or you hate them. So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 video games that fans and critics can never agree on. Number 10. Gone Home In Gone Home, you take control of a woman called Katie, who has returned home to learn that her parents and sister are missing. Navigating around the house, Katie searches for clues, hoping to learn what happened to her family. Despite the simple premise, the game stood out for focusing on exploration rather than interactivity, which many critics believed made the story more engrossing. Critics were so won over, it wasn't long before Gone Home started being used as a proof that video games can be classified as art. It received excellent scores from every gaming publisher and even won a bathroom. Hell, I didn't even know that video games could do that at the time. Sadly though, Gone Home is one of those games where players hated the exact elements that some critics loved. Many gamers felt the lack of interactivity made Gone Home feel more like a walking simulator than a game. Although many people found that the subtle horror elements kept players on their toes, some found the lack of outright scares, well, pretty boring. Because supporters feel like Gone Home is a work of art above all else, while naysayers think it's trash, the only thing everyone seems to agree on is that it doesn't feel like a video game. 9. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts For years, Rare was among the best developers for Nintendo, churning out classics like Donkey Kong Country, GoldenEye 007 and Diddy Kong Racing. So when the British developers were acquired by Microsoft, gamers were worried about Rare's franchises, especially Banjo-Kazooie. So when it was announced that Banjo-Kazooie was coming to the Xbox 360, fans were left rejoicing. However, people were also horrified to see that this game, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, was going to be focusing on vehicles and construction above all else. Even though the series was a platformer, this threequel put an unnecessary emphasis on vehicle construction to navigate through levels. Not only did these sections grind the gameplay to a halt, the controls for these automobiles were as clunky and imprecise as you would expect. Nuts and Bolts left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, to the point where even the most dedicated of fans of the franchise never played played beyond the first level. Because of the game's fan reputation, it's easy to forget, however, that it received consistently good reviews upon its initial release. Although it was regarded as definitely being the weakest of the three, it achieved a Metacritic score of 79%, implying the game was a pretty solid entry. Some critics praised the construction and driving elements, stating that it urged players to focus on innovation rather than just simple platforming. However, I am in the other side of the camp because I absolutely hate this game. Number 8. DMC Devil May Cry Because the demon-hunting, hack-and-slasher Devil May Cry was among the most highly-rated games on the PS2, it was no surprise that Capcom fired out numerous sequels. Although the follow-ups were mostly great apart from the second one, it felt like they were trying to be outlandish and over-the-top rather than being truly innovative. By the time the sequels incorporated missile-surfing sequences and butt-slapping gestures, it was apparent that the franchise was teetering on becoming a parody of itself so it felt like a rather smart move when the developing team behind Devil May Cry announced a more grounded reboot called DMC. When critics praised the game's flexible combat system, fluid controls, and stellar art style, it seemed like the series would discard the in-your-face zaniness of the previous entries. But sadly, die-hard fans were disappointed that DMC didn't embrace the crazy outlandishness that defined Devil May Cry at that point. Although few people had problems with the gameplay itself, loyalists made it abundantly clear that they wouldn't support the new direction that Devil May Cry seemed to be going in. Even though DMC did receive consistently good reviews, Capcom returned to the original style and format for the following sequel, Devil May Cry 5, thanks to fan outcry. 7. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker Upon its release, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker was praised for its distinctive graphics, epic story, and focus on exploration. Receiving a Metacritic score of 96% and becoming the fourth game to receive a perfect score from Famitsu, one would assume that this game was utterly flawless. Although there are people who adore the Wind Waker, it does have its glaring problems. For example, Link is meant to receive a pearl after completing each dungeon, but since he receives the third pearl by doing nothing, it feels like the game is actually missing content. And that's actually exactly what happened. Nintendo was so behind schedule during development that they cut out a third dungeon, making the game feel rather incomplete. Even though sailing was Wind Waker's selling point, it is rather repetitive to travel for hours on end. Also, the last section focuses on a massive fetch quest for the Triforce pieces, which quickly becomes monotonous. These problems were so apparent that Nintendo simplified the Triforce quest and made sailing sections faster when the game was re-released for the Wii U. Since these issues were so flagrant, it does make you wonder why critics were so generous with Wind Waker upon its release. 6. Final Fantasy VIII The instant Final Fantasy VIII booted up, players were blown away by the stunning graphics and the beautiful orchestral score. Even though the characters in Final Fantasy VII resembled blocky Lego figures, everyone in Final Fantasy VIII has realistic proportions, looking as close to humans as video game characters can actually get by 1999 standards, of course. But despite Final Fantasy VIII's gorgeous aesthetic, it's regarded as among the weakest games in the series. Although the plot is nonsensical and the protagonist is more than whiny, It's the junctioning battle system that irked gamers the most. Junctioning requires the players to stockpile spells repeatedly to perform certain commands, which becomes quickly tiresome. The system is so unnecessarily complicated that you can play the entire game without fully understanding how junctioning works, and take it from me, that definitely happened on my first playthrough. Ooh, got to the third disc and couldn't beat a boss because that was... That was fun. That was a fun time for me. But during its release, it was difficult to find anyone who would say a bad word about this game. It received perfect scores, becoming a bestseller in Japan and won EGM's Game of the Year. Edge, GameSpot and other gaming magazines praised Final Fantasy VIII's junctioning system, claiming it was revolutionary. Now don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy VIII is by no means a bad game. In fact, it's actually gone on to become one of my favourites in the series, but it is far from the best the series has to offer across the board. Number 5 Super Mario Sunshine Now, Super Mario 64 is considered by many to be the greatest video game ever. It's so masterfully crafted that it is perceived as the template on how you should make 3D platformer games correctly. When Nintendo announced its sequel, Super Mario Sunshine, fans couldn't wait to see how it could possibly live up to its predecessor. But the problem is, it didn't. Even though Mario is renowned for its precise controls and camera, this wasn't the case here. Many players found themselves dying unfairly over and over while playing Sunshine because the camera kept sporadically swivelling, causing the Italian former plumber to miss a platform or two. The controls actually feel like they've regressed since they're janky and unresponsive, causing the player to screw up even the simplest of tasks. But if you read the reviews of Super Mario Sunshine upon its release, you would think that this was the best Mario game ever. And that's not an exaggeration. Several Nintendo magazines including Game Informer and Computer and Video Games claimed Sunshine was better than Super Mario 64. GamePro called it a masterpiece of superior game design. Although everyone is entitled to their own opinion, reviews like this are so undeservingly positive, you wonder if they actually played the full game. 4. Mass Effect 3 No matter how perfect a game seems, there are always a few naysayers who can pinpoint a couple of flaws. But when Mass Effect 3 was released, you couldn't find a single critic that said anything negative about it. Even though the hype for Bioware's sci-fi epic was through the roof, every critic promised ME3 surpassed everyone's expectations. Nevertheless, gamers were left fuming by the game's ending. Even though the player is given three choices during the conclusion, the climax is almost identical no matter what you choose to do. At first, it might sound unfair to dismiss a purely based on a disappointing ending, but because every choice the player made throughout the series had a drastic effect on the characters and the storyline, it felt disingenuous, even hypocritical, for this principle not to apply to the bloody ending. But if you thought the game was perfect up until this point, well, guess again. Mass Effect 3 may have been the highest rated game of 2012, but that doesn't change the fact that the side quests are rather tedious and certain missions feel rushed, and the confrontation with the Elusive Man was rather anticlimactic. The game may not have been a disaster, but it definitely wasn't a masterpiece. Number 3. Metroid Other M Metroid Other M may not have received the same accolades as the Metroid Prime series, but Team Ninja's action-adventure won over a lot of critics. The way the game switches from 2D, 3D, and first-person perspective is seamless, which allows the gameplay to feel more innovative and fluid than ever before in the franchise. Although the series' heroine, Samus Aran, is usually depicted as a silent warrior, Other M was the first entry to give her a speaking role. Because the game includes many cutscenes of Samus interacting with others, we finally got to see the intergalactic soldier as a flesh-and-blood human rather than being just a faceless avatar. Or at least, that was the idea. Players were utterly horrified by Other M's dire performances, ridiculous story, and awful dialogue. Sadly, nobody got it worse than Samus. Despite the fact that she's meant to be a badass bounty hunter, Other M depicts her as arrogant, unstable, and erratic. What's worse is that you can't even skip the bloody cutscenes, meaning that you are forced to watch Other M ruin one of the most iconic video game characters ever. Cheers for that. Number two, Deadly Premonition 1 and 2 Deadly Premonition is a survival horror where a private detective travels to a fictionalised town in America to investigate a murder. Now, Even though the premise is dead serious, the game is stuffed with pop culture references and wacky humour which jars with the story's tone. However, critics and gamers can't decide if these qualities are good or bad. While many critics found the dialogue and performances cringy, some players, like myself, love how unnatural everything sounds since it invokes a Twin Peaks-like surrealism. Deadly Premonition became infamous for its mixed reviews, garnering scores ranging from 20% to 100%. It wasn't a commercial success, but it did receive enough of a cult following for the sequel Deadly Premonitions 2, A Blessing in Disguise, to be released in 2020. As before, this follow-up was criticised and praised for the exact same things. Lack of structure, weird performances, and awkward dialogue. It went on to win Game Radar's Best Worst Game, a Best Cult Game award, and now holds the Guinness World Record for Most Polarising Survival Horror game ever, a distinction that was previously owned by the first game. Nice one. And number one The Last of Us Part 2. Naughty Dog's action adventure The Last of Us centres around a man and a girl trying to survive after America has been ravaged by a deadly virus. Despite the fact that the graphics are gorgeous and the audio just absolutely stunning, it was Joel and Eddie's relationship that gamers gravitated towards. The writing and performances for the pair helped solidify The Last of Us as the flagship for great storytelling in gaming. Although many believed a follow-up couldn't live up to expectations, The Last of Us Part 2 garnered more Game of the Year awards than any game in history. According to critics, the nuanced exploration, audio design, and character development were on par, if not surpassing that of its predecessor. However, many reviews failed to mention the sequel doesn't focus on Joel's relationship with Ellie. And because you only take control of Joel in the opening sections, fans felt cheated since they weren't getting what they experienced in the first game. You could forgive The Last of Us 2 if it included characters that were equally as compelling. But not only does it introduce many bland characters, most of their relationships don't evolve, preventing the game from hitting The same highs as the predecessor. Yes, the graphics and the music and the performances are flawless, but that doesn't change the fact that this sequel left out the most important element of the first game. And that, my friends, is the power of heart.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
2: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts.
1: Here's a show that we recommend.